Hey, our house. Welcome to this episode 87. I'm here with David and Lewis. Yo. Hey, hey. And this is Bobby, and we're back for another episode. Sorry we didn't have a a uh, proper episode last week. David, uh, do you want to explain why? Oh, well, unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, uh, we lost Bobby's audio on the main pod and on bottles and beers. And, uh, you know, we didn't want to deprive our fans our true listeners of, of Bobby. Because they, they so miss me. <laughs> Look, man. I, hey, man. I, I love your eight minutes of the podcast, dude. <laughs> it's, no, Bobby runs out to like 12 minutes at least. Oh, um, but to be fair, there's one of him and there's two of us and we tend to be long-winded. This alone has taken probably too long for Bobby's liking as it is. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're back uh, from the uh, Toronto game, the 4-0 Toronto game. Uh, do, do you want to get straight we, into that, or do you want to go into something else can, first? Can we call it a game? Is it Was it a game? It's a game. Was it a game? It was a game. I mean, there were players I, on the I, field. There was a I ball I sat moving. there for 90 minutes. I was in a stadium. <laughs> I'm going to call it a game. All right, fair enough. Well, here's <laughs> what happened. I, I know a lot of people were upset at uh, the result and the performance, and they should be, um, but... It shouldn't be surprising. Uh, Toronto FC is just light years no, ahead of no. us. The, that, that's the thing. I was sitting there, and, and, and Bobby and I both attended the game. Um, and obviously, everybody knows who's listening to this. Toronto beat the pants off of us 4-0. And Bobby's sitting there in the stands, like, just steaming, probably as mad as Siggy was. Because I'm mad about the performance. Conference. I wasn't. I was. I wasn't surprised that we lost the game at all. I was mad at the performance. Right. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, a, a performance. I mean, you know, of a, of a team. Again, guys, we're we're definitely the worst ever MLS. Uh, sorry, the worst ever LA Galaxy team of an MLS regular season. Toronto is probably the best MLS regular season. Absolutely. Team. Mm-hmm. Um, we're nearing a worst MLS ever team. If if not for Colorado, if not already. Yeah. If not for Colorado, they're our saving grace by one point. By one point, it, it, but, that that can change literally in a week. But yeah. that I mean, which we still, probably will with our still, next this, match. This game saw a lot of people get really pissed off over. Uh, over the performance, over the result, over a lot of things. I think I feel like this was the game where everything that this year has has been building to has finally imploded. I, I think it's funny that I think we we've said this at le- at least three times since <laughs> like July. <laughs> but I also I also feel that every time I go to the game, I I don't see really the same people in this in the area that we're sitting. Um, so. Usually the people behind us or the people in front of us, it 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 feels to me that they're not usual game goers and they're quite shocked at what's happening on the field. And I'm sure they're not even paying attention to what's happening throughout the season. All right, I right, agree. Right. The guy, I, like, I do like agree. the guy, like the guy behind us. You know, he was he he was so mad at Geo, and I'm just we're just like, have you not been paying attention yeah, this, this entire your, season? This is your first yeah. Geo game, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, when I go back to to say that the result and the performance, maybe the performance. Um, it really shouldn't surprise you. I think that we were thrown off last week by the performance that we had against Seattle. And I think yeah. that's where the, not so much the surprise, but a lot more anger comes from. Because I don't think anybody gave us a legitimate shot at beating Toronto. In fact, nobody gave us a legitimate shot at beating Seattle. I think a lot of people 
had Seattle blowing us out. Yes, I know you picked the draw there, Bobby. Um, but <laughs> a lot of people had Seattle blowing us out on the road, and it didn't happen. And it was a game that we could have won, should have won, mm-hmm. and we lost in the in the final five minutes. Yep. So I think a lot of people saw that performance and said, okay, we have Toronto next. We're playing at home. They're missing, or they're not, they're going to uh, be not missing – uh, two of their better players in Josie Altador and Sebastian Giovinco. The top stars. And you're saying to yourself, okay, we're still probably going to lose this game, but we might make it a little bit more difficult for them. You well, know, we but, might be well, in the game not, for a not good after, portion not of the after game. Our, not, not after the two players that did make a difference in Seattle were red carded and not. Right, right. And I think, I mean, we, we already knew going into the Toronto game no, that, that, that Alison yeah. Drini and Jermaine Jones were going to be uh, suspended for this game. We already yeah. knew that they were not going to be uh, uh, not playing, but we still figured, okay, you know what? Maybe we can make it competitive. We'll, we can keep it respectable. We'll make them work for it. And that wasn't the case. And I think that's what kind of pissed people off. Because I think if we would have got blown out in Seattle, people would have been... I don't think they would have been... They would have been upset, but not to the point where it's like, oh my God, come on. Because we already had hit that point of acceptance. Like, with Seattle, Seattle, we were... So if Toronto were to come back, you know, and blow us out in this game, as expected, and what, you know, what kind of should have happened, again, it would have been like, yeah, that's kind of like what where Toronto is, and that's kind of where we are. But because of that performance the the previous week, I think it kind of gave us that false hope that, hey, you know, this could be closer than it really should be. The difference between that game and this game was that in Seattle, everybody, everyone on the field was fighting for that game. In this game, Mm -hmm. in this game, pretty much 70% of the team were caught flat-footed in maybe three of the goals. I think what the... And it was, it was, it was, that's what pissed me off so much, especially the fourth goal. I mean, the, 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 the total, the whole back line just watched that ball fall, like fly over, bounce over them. See the see their attacker pass right by them and do nothing. Well, uh, the first I, goal, everybody was asleep. Um, it, it was it was it was it was a very different level of performance. Well, well, here's the thing. I think for the first twenty minutes, we were doing fine. I think. Yeah, that, no, after that, it was, no, I disagree. No, we, we were doing okay. because in the okay. So we came out. Bobby talks about formation. We came out in a three-five-two. It was probably more like a five-three-two. Um, we started Michael Ciani. And Hugo Ariano and Dave Romney together. Probably three players who had probably never been in the same room, save for that day. Probably, yeah. Um, Diallo and Cole were playing on the wings in the midfield. Siani, who had just come in, he had been with the team for, what, like a week? A week, a week and, and a half. half. He looked mm-hmm. like he had just met those guys that day. Oh, no, he was shaky. He as looked, soon as the game started, okay. so, he was As soon as he started, he was in trouble. So, so I know we that, saw that right away. So even to say that we look good in the first 20 minutes, I, I think is discounting. Not, over, not and overall. I'm not, and I'm not blaming Siani because no, he had some good moments, new. actually, he, uh, throughout the game. Well, but except for the two goals. He also had very that he, bad moments. That he, <laughs> that, uh, well, I think you can kind of half blame him for at least three of the yeah. four, uh, more or less. But I'm not going to – I'm not going to just – you know, shit on a guy who I'm not going to throw him to the wood chipper. I'm just saying he probably no, shouldn't just, have been in this game. He shouldn't have. Well, but, that's what Ziggy said. That's what Ziggy said. Should at the, Ariano the, have the been in this game? game? No. I mean, if, if for the same reasons that Ariano was in the in this game, Siani was in this game. Yeah. That we were so injury depleted, and we'll get to well, more yeah. of that later on. Oh, welcome but, to that story. Yeah. We've had the same story over and over. <laughs> yeah. Let me just go ahead and copy and paste my audio from, you know, exactly. week two. Um, <laughs> but... You know, I really can't blame those guys who, again, were put in a position to fail. 
or a, a high probability of failure going up against the best offense and best team in all of MLS. It's really hard to just kind of be thrown in that position at a, you know, at, in a new player in a new league and expect to perform. And I know you're thinking, well, Van Dam did it, but I mean, that was, I mean, I don't want to say once in a lifetime, but I mean, the, the probability of that, that was, happening, the, like, you know, hitting lightning twice, though. that's pretty, that's going to be pretty rare. You're probably going to be a little bit more patient with Sianio. You should be. Um, there will be a time where you can criticize and you can say, hey, we wasted money on him. Uh, this well, sure. game was but probably not the game. Games. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not going to sit here and shit on a guy for making his debut under very uh, difficult circumstances. I'm not like ready I to said, throw Like I said, there were moments, there were bright spots in, in the level of play. Yeah. But that, you know, that was after a, after his very shaky start. Right, right, right. And, and I mean, and, overall, and, I don't, I'm not going to tell you that we played great uh, in the first 20 minutes, we but we, were, we weren't we were looking the way we, we were, did in the final yeah. 70 minutes. And my point uh, in saying that is that after the goal, it all went to shit. That's my point. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, and I talked about it, downhill. and I had talked about saying, look, this team is mentally weak. I think I said it for the national team as well, but I know I, I referenced it with the Galaxy. They kind of just go in a shell. They, they don't really handle adversity too well here. And you mm -hmm. can tell once that first goal was in, it was almost as if they gave up. It was almost as if they... They didn't want to fight anymore. They're, and we got to remember that in well, they Seattle, were, they, were they weren't scored connected. on. We scored on them first, and we kept scrapping. It was when they scored their goal, and all of a sudden you're thinking, hey, you know what? They can possibly score a second here because all of a sudden the Galaxy have pulled back, and they're not defending the way they were you know, in the previous 80 minutes. So I think that well, once that goal was scored, it just rattled them, and it's like, I give up. Okay, now what do we do? I don't know what to do. But this well, is, that's, well, that's, And that speaks that's, to lack of leadership. Uh-huh, Exactly. That's uh, that was that, the next well, that point goal, I was getting that, to. That, that, if we're talking about the Seattle, that goal was scored quite late in the game. Yeah, it was it, mm -hmm. very very little time to actually make another goal. And, and they almost did point, a couple times. And second, yeah, they did. And second point, Galaxy is quite known to just kind of uh, lose concentration at the end of every game. Yes, it has been uh, so. uh, an unfortunate uh, staple uh, of our teams um, that. We give up some very late goals, both uh, before halftime and before the end of the game. So that's something that's definitely been plaguing us. And when you think about the way the team performed on the day, and you think about the fact that they're they're falling apart, and 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 it, there's no more fight left in this team. You do this on a day when Phil Anschutz, the owner of the team, is in attendance. Good. Well, I mean, for the fans, <laughs> you got to figure at least if he's in attendance and he was paying attention to the game, you got to figure what the fuck was going on in his mind. Like, what is going on? If I hadn't paying attention all season, I'm looking at it right now. You probably were thinking, like, what is going on with this team? What just happened? Well, so you got to figure that that's a good season, thing. I'd be what the fuck with him. Well, that too. <laughs> well, but that's kind of that's that's kind of what it seems like because really, it's not right. his. It's not. His primary concern, he's got a lot of stuff going sure. on. I mean, he's running AEG. Um, it Really, the concern for the, the guy who should be paying attention the rest of the season is Dan Beckerman. And we can see clearly he's not, you know, maybe he is paying attention or not because he, I would imagine, had his hand bringing in C, bringing in Dominic Kinnear. He had to approve those, uh, those new contracts for mm -hmm. those coaches. Right. Um, this has to have been the death nail for the front office. You would think so. 
You would think so. I, I, I Okay, here's the thing. Um, if I had to take an educated <laughs> guess, uh, I would say that Pete Vianis is not going to be general manager at the end of the season. Um, I think next season you're going to have a new general manager. I, I would um, lock that. I would probably be very close to locking that only because it's the Galaxy and you just don't I'll put that know. as a four just right. so I don't get you mad. <laughs> right, right. I would have it as a four as well. Uh, maybe a 4.5. Uh, I might wild card it. Well, I don't know. You can do that? Uh, no, you cannot do that. Um, <laughs> oh, that would be so bad for his man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that, dude. We're not going that. We're not going that. Four point nine. No. Four point nine. One point nine two. Um, so. Oh um, But Chris Klein, I would say, would probably stay as president. I think he will too. Uh, and, and I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say he should stay as president. Um, I could. I can understand why you would say that. I really it's can. Charisma. Uh, it's not just that. <laughs> I think if the if the philosophy didn't come from Klein and instead it came from Dan Beckerman and AEG, he was probably just as handicapped as anybody else. So I can kind of understand where he's going with that. Where he made his biggest mistake was um, hiring his friend to be one of the most important uh, – pieces of the puzzle trying to put this entire organization or this team together. Um, that's where he really made his mistake. And that's where I feel like, you know what, he can actually um, kind of um, fix that. And uh, I'm going to get into who I think might be the GM once we get there. I don't want to say it mm. just yet. Oh. But um, according to Kevin Baxter, he said that there's going to be some front office changes. Um, not necessarily that these uh, – uh, I'm assuming it's Pete Bayanis. I guess it possibly could be Karofsky and Klein as well. Um, that they would still be a part of the organization. They're just going to be under different titles. No, so you might see a different. That's why I'm saying you got to dump those guys. I mean, you got to at least Pete. You got to dump him because he's. It's not like he's out there trying to defend himself either. Right. Right. He's not out there going. Like, look, we thought we had a plan. We thought we did this. We thought we could we could do this and that. I mean, I Pete, mean, Bobby. You had you and I had some interaction with some some front office people uh, pregame mm-hmm. this weekend um, that I know you want me to kind of let you touch on a little bit. Uh, no, you could. I don't. I, I was. Um, we uh, B- Lewis. Um, we attended uh, one of the Galaxy um, neighborhood party things. They were giving pizza and beer, uh, and so we were we were hanging out with some of the season ticket holders. And then I came. I ran into uh, Mark Villa, the, uh, the 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 Teletubby, the Teletubby man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he invited us over to his tailgate. Yeah, thanks for the thanks for the so food, man. Mark. Thank you so much. That was that was awesome. Uh, Andrew enjoyed his chip sandwich that he that he <laughs> made. Um, so we went over there, and who do we find? We find Cosmo. Cosmo's over there picking up a plate of food. Nice. Uh, from nice. from Mark. Uh, Mark says he he always makes them. We also ran into some other of our uh, Twitter followers. We we ran into uh, yes, Leslie LJC. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Carrie and her boyfriend came over, mm-hmm. and I think there was somebody else. Uh, and and there was a dude from uh, from the Dallas um, from the Dallas from the yeah. Dallas front office or or one of the PR guys from Dallas. But then uh, one of the Galaxy. Front office guys came over. Uh, one of the one of the PR guys, I think, uh, and and he told a story. <laughs> he had to be a PR guy. He, he told a story with a shit that was. Bobby, out what of was the mouth. story he told? 
oh how uh, how ever, ever since we've we've signed Siggy Schmidt, he's been so amazing and such a wonderful coach, and how he's changing everything around and teaching these players. It, it was the biggest bullshit. Everybody was smiling at him, and I just turned to David. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> well, what the story? And the guy from Dallas heard me. He was like, "What?" And I'm all, "This is bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the story he told was that during the open yeah, practice, they, during the open practice they had, Siggy's getting into um, getting getting after guys, just riding guys. Writing Giassi, writing Gio. Uh, there was one point where Gio and Jonathan were standing around, kind of off to the side while the rest of the players were, were training. And then Dominic Kinnear starts bitching him out in Spanish. And they were like, what's happening right now? <laughs> and, so, uh, and, and so this Galaxy person was talking about... Um, you know what an amazing what an amazing coaching staff we have now because because they're willing to you know they're not afraid to do this and that but here's here's and and Bobby I know you you were like oh this is such bullshit I can't believe this guy's over here giving us he, this, this he was, line of he, bullshit he was being an he was basically being an evangelical I mean yes. he was just praising you yes. know and it was just like I'm sitting there and everybody's like uh huh uh huh with their smiles on their faces and I'm just like what yeah. um here's here's what I here's what I got from that. Um, they're openly mocking Gio. Um, Who is it openly mocking Gio at this point? But never a Galaxy representative, you know, to to the to Galaxy people. Gio is he might as well be called Jesus Dos right, Santos. Right. So the fact that he's telling the story about how Siggy and and Dominic Kinnear are bitching out the Dos Santos brothers tells me that what's obvious to the rest of the, the planet, there's something seriously wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, because because in, in previous years, when it came to DPs, uh, you probably would never hear anybody say anything bad to the level that that he was kind of making open. fun. Making fun. And I know Bobby, you were just like, oh, it's such bullshit about Siggy. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You stroke yeah, it. Yeah. He was blowing um, smoke up all our asses. Yeah, and but to me, it. I'm going like, really? He's talking shit about Gio. That's what I got from you it, see, at least. I don't know. It wasn't surprising to me. I mean, you're going over oh, nearly a full season of, no, of basically no performance. I mean, what do you expect? He's got six goals. How dare you? <laughs> um that so that was the the good portion of the day, and then the game and happened. Then the game happened, and then something really interesting happened. ACB decided that they were going to protest, and they refused to leave the game until somebody from the galaxy addressed their concerns. They stayed for forty five minutes after the game, and good for them, by the way. Yes, awesome. absolutely, one thousand percent agree with this. I fully endorse this. Um, they stayed. They cheered they didn't cause a you know they weren't causing a ruckus they were just sitting they were just there cheering Mm -hmm. for the team singing singing for the team but they refused to leave who did the galaxy send out did they send out pete vianis did they send out chris klein did they send out Gio dos santos no they sent out the one guy they knew that acb wasn't going to give a hard time. They sent out Ramon, Ram, Romain Alessandrini. Roman. Sorry. Roman Alessandrini. You almost, 
You doubted yourself. Who, who didn't even play in this game, by the way. <laughs> who didn't play in this game. Yeah. And yeah. who's going to yell at Alessandrini? The guy's been our Nobody. only performer this whole year. He's the he's the best performer yeah. of the entire so team. So no one's going to be so, mad so at that So that's dude. obviously a PR move, again, from the Galaxy yeah. to send him, him as the ambassador to, to go... Uh, you know, address ACB and their concerns. Yeah, like who's and by the way, they're, I mean, they're legitimate. <laughs> I mean, obviously this was on them, but they're also speaking for all the other fans who are just as upset at is what, at what is happening and what happened this season. And they demanded an answer. I don't think they, I don't think they're out of line here at all. I mean, not, they, not they, this all. is, I mean, and like you said, that. they weren't like violent. They weren't hostile. They weren't causing a ruckus. They weren't being rowdy. They were doing what they normally do for 45 minutes um, every game or 90 minutes every game. Um, and they just hmm. wanted their, you know, so, tell me something. They and went course, into overtime. Yeah, pretty much. They went to overtime. You know, the, the, the cops came out. They, they, they just wouldn't move. To me, that's the aggressive, um, that's the aggressive move there is that's the, the hostility from whether it was from the StubHub security or whether that was from the team itself. I don't think that was from the team uh, itself. I doubt it would be from the team itself, but still, that's that's kind of a hostile move. You send the cops out there uh, with dogs, apparently. Yeah, I, I heard. Really? Yeah, yeah, they had canines out there, and they didn't want to move, and so finally, Alice Green comes out. the ground. Out. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Very good for them. I, I, I applaud them for that. Um, and uh, they got a result, uh, albeit maybe not the one that they were hoping for, but they got, you know, some sort of reaction. Uh, and Alice and Drini assured them, like, you know, like, it, things are going to be different next year. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that means. I'm not sure if that's just the politically correct thing to say, which is, you know, it's not that yeah, difficult. What do you say? Yeah, say yeah what can out. you possibly say? Especially, <laughs> at, um, you know, him. Um, but um, good for them. Um, and then uh, while that was going on, um, there was something going on in the locker room. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, after the press conference, Bobby, you said you, you watched the press conference. Uh, yeah, and Ziggy came out so angry. I, th- I felt like he was just going to like just bite on the mic and just <laughs> rip it apart. He was just, he was breathing so heavily. He, oh, I've, I'd never, I've personally never seen Ziggy that angry. Um, you know, but I'm as I'm say, I'm just as angry well, with him. Well, again, I'm, I'm worried so. about Ziggy's blood pressure. Like, Ziggy. Calm down. Right. Um, yeah. You did mention that <laughs> earlier that day, too. Uh, uh, but also, one brave reporter asked him, what, what, did we, what did you learn from today? That was the first uh, question, by the that way. That was the first question, and, and that was a staple of uh, a Cardinalfo press right. conference. Well, we learned a lot of things. Uh, and Siggy, I think, used all of his willpower that he had not to rip into somebody and said... I learned a lot. Those are for me. And and I think that kind of set the tone because I think the press conference he didn't last only that last much longer. four minutes. Yeah, total. he didn't last that much longer. No, he didn't want to be quick. there. It was only three questions and he was out. Yeah. So what ended up happening was uh, the um, the reporters were kind of uh, left hanging out there for a little bit, from what I understand, from what we're hearing from Baxter and Guessman. That, you know, they were kept waiting for about 15 minutes, which is apparently a very long time. Uh, They were asked to move away from the locker room so that they can have a closed door meeting. Um, Apparently because uh, Siggy was going to be exceptionally loud to the point where they didn't want reporters hearing what was being said. Um, Okay, so after that closed door meeting, which lasted about 15 minutes or so, 
Um, most of the guys were gone, and they let. See, I this think, this makes me mad. Yeah. This 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 part makes me mad. I, if I'm one of the no, high no. paid players, if I'm one of the leaders on the team, if I was well, we wearing about the captain's the armband the night that we lost 4-0 <laughs> and our coach yelled at us for 15 minutes, I'm not the first guy out of there. I'm the last be. guy. Exactly. Which, again, it, it shows that lack of leadership. Um, so they Or that lack of or care. Or lack of care, right. Um, they, I mean, it almost seemed, especially with the performance, they, they basically seem to have clocked out uh, this season. But they're having so much fun shopping at the grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bobby's look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You guys can't see I'm just it. Upset but, yeah. Because because we, we, we there's you know, through we've had history of uh, of chewing players out of coming down to Los Angeles for that vacation pay. And no one's ever said that about Gio, and that's exactly what the fuck yeah, he's doing. That's yeah. true. It's Th- true. It is true. And everybody got on Ashley Cole's case, but Cole, really it was in Beckham. Yeah. Almost every big player. Yeah. Like just almost no, every no, one of them. It's true. You're you're actually one hundred percent correct and and actually, now me. I feel really like sheepish for not even thinking the same thing. Like, dude, this is the guy mm-hmm. who's on uh, holiday collecting a paycheck and living it up here in LA with his brother now. It's yep. true. I actually didn't even think about that. So now I feel like kind of upset <laughs> at myself. Um, so, no, don't be upset don't at yourself. Be mad at Gio. Okay, we'll be mad at Gio. Okay, cool. Um, so, going back to um, you know the, the 15 minute uh, team meeting, so all the guys left. I believe the press was able to talk to Romney or get a quote from Romney and Kempin. And um, basically, they said the, same thing, the, said the same thing about what was said. They basically said that Siggy Schmidt kind of, you know, ripped into them saying that you guys are playing for your jobs from here on out and your mm-hmm. careers. Um, depending on what you show me, that to the Dos Santos, uh, what you sh- show me in these final whatever six, seven games we have left. Um, will show me if, uh, you know, you're still around, you know, if I'm going to take you with me next season and whatnot. So here is where I'm going to get into my rant. So I apologize. Go ahead and strap yourselves in, guys. Um, I just opened a fresh beer. I'm good. You're good? Yeah. All right. You got your popcorn ready? Uh, no. Let me go get it. Hold on. Yeah. yeah. Back three, three and a half minutes. I'll be right back. Cool. Um, Bobby, where's your popcorn? You usually have some. <laughs> I don't have anything. Uh, I only have my water, so I'm going to really betray it. Tra- well, you're going to have to pee, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you hold it as long as I possibly can. <laughs> All right. So, he, okay. So, here are my thoughts about uh, about that particular statement. On the one hand, I kind of like what Siggy's doing here. He's trying to get control of this team. He's trying to say to his team, this is my team. This is – I'm trying to mold it into my image. Um, not the front office's image. Um, I'm trying to do something here. I mean, this is this is a lost season. As I said, I think in the last uh, podcast, um, he conceded the season in the second game. Um, he didn't come out and say it, but he conceded the season in the second game. He knew that this season was a lost cause and that he needed to prepare for next season. Um, and the fact that he's holding a closed-door meeting and he's showing this much much emotion on a season that's completely lost shows me that he cares. So I admire him for that. And the fact that he's trying to take control of this team, trying to establish, like, you know, put his foot down, also, I admire that. Here's the laughable part about that particular uh, subject. When he's telling players that they're playing for their jobs, that's a joke, okay? Mm -hmm. There's nobody Mm -hmm. on this team that's playing for their job. 
I'm sorry. So, if I may, I'm going to just go down the list here. And well, I would is, assume the lesser players. Right, yeah, exactly. Okay. The and, Galaxy and 2 I'm guys. Saying. Those are the guys playing yeah. for their jobs. And, and, and those are the ones that are just insignificant. Everyone else is not playing for their jobs. Gio, like David said, this is the second coming of Jesus. He's like the, the greatest player to ever don a Galaxy jersey. There's no thing that he can do to merit a benching. Nothing at all. And they're not getting rid of this guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy behind us, he's like, they should bench him. <laughs> they should make a statement. I'm all... Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's not, not going to happen. Like, dude, what? You have a Galaxy jersey on, but what team do you follow? Right. Like, never, ever <laughs> in the history. Not even David. I never that, even looked back at yeah. him. I'm like, come on, dude. I just, we just kept looking back. I'm like, are you high? Well, There's I mean. There's no way Gio's going to get benched. Well, this guy is probably going to be at, a, at the opening game of the LAFC uh, game. I mean, he's, he seems like one of those fans. Like, no, somebody that got that Yeah, somebody that got that upset <laughs> about that, I don't think he'd, he'd swap allegiances. Uh, look, if you guys want to get into the head of somebody, into that mindset, just check out our last show. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, you got Gio here, who is grossly underperforming. Um, has been, like every other Mexican striker that the Galaxy have forced on us, has been a complete bust. Um, he's not doing what we're expecting him to do or even like remotely close to it. He goes MIA for a good 80 to 90% of the game at best. And you're still not going to bench him. And you're not going to get rid of him. So because he is a... He's a player that is being marketed to a specific target audience and mm-hmm. it, apparently he's mm-hmm. the only face of the galaxy this season yep. which says a lot so you're not getting rid of the one guy that you are just marketing the crap out of even though he's not doing anything on the field the s- he's pulling us down yeah. i think the same thing can be said about his brother the exact same reasons however for him he just kind of started his galaxy career and the games that he has played i thought he's he's done well so i'm not really going to shit yeah. on him but if he were to he's have only a, been here for a few yeah. games and he's and he's performed he has better performed than Gio a lot better season. than but his expectations are different he's not going to be the goal yes. scorer he's not going to be the the guy who's going to put this team on his shoulders at least not yet so um there's different expectations um right now I, i'm not gonna like shit on him he, he's not playing horribly but if next season he starts playing horribly. He starts, you know, um, half-assing it. He's not hustling. He's not, you know, he shows disinterest. And for the same reasons, he's not going to be benched and he's not going to get uh, rid of. So neither of these guys, jobs are on the line. I mean, these are the this is the very definition of job security. So mm-hmm. they're not playing for their jobs. Roman Alessandrini, he's the one guy who's actually doing his job. In fact, he's working mm-hmm. overtime. Over he's not. He's doing that. stuff mm-hmm. that he probably shouldn't be doing and overexerting himself. And mm-hmm. you know, what, once the the news broke out about what Siggy Schmidt was actually talking about in those fifteen minutes behind closed doors, um, people were saying like, "Well, I get rid of everybody except for like two people." And well, this is one of those two people. Okay, this is the one guy that you want on your team next season. Absolutely. But should Allison Drini have that sophomore slump next season? Whether um, you know, much like Van Dam did this season, whether it's personal reasons, whether it's because the league figured out how to stop him, uh, whether he got complacent, whatever the reason is, if he has a sophomore slump, he's not going to the bench. He's not going to be sat down because he's a DP. Well, look well, at we, Van Damme. Well, we had that with Van Dam this right, year. Exactly. 
Oh, it was such a statement. Even right. I, I mean, it was it was but... one game, and that was it, and that's yeah. all you needed. Okay, okay I'm, I'm benching for that one game, and that's that, that's it. And unless he's injured or he needs a break or whatever, he's not going to go down because he's having a bad game. And the way they're going to spin it is going to be, well, you know what? He's going through a slump right now, but we know what he's capable of. We, you guys saw what he did last season, and we're look hoping at, that he's going to do the same thing this season. He just has to work through us. We have to be patient with look him. Look at Jossie. Which leads me into Jossie's artist. Yeah. Who did not score a goal for a year? Um, he has the worst touch in all of professional soccer. He's got bad judgment. He up until maybe three games ago wasn't hustling. Bad decisions. Always gave the ball up. He can't create. He's like the ultimate poacher, where you have to put the ball right in front of him, in front of an open net, and even then it's a fifty-fifty. Yet, yeah. through two coaches, nobody has benched him. Not even as a sub. So don't sit there yeah, and the, tell the, me that he's playing for his job because he also has job security. So that's not the guy. Go back into the midfield. You have Jermaine Jones. Now, Jermaine Jones, a lot of people believe that he's going to be gone at the end of the season. But there's speculation now that he could possibly re- be returning in 2018 because he was given the captain's armband. And if you're Siggy, I mean, if you're saying this, saying if Siggy Schmidt is looking for um, moving forward. Reason? to 2018 and you're trying to like prep yourself for that season going forward looking for new leaders assuming that Jermaine Jones is going to be out you would probably give the captain's armband to somebody else but you didn't give it to Jermaine Jones so because of that there's speculation that it's possible that his contract is actually for two years not one so let's just say I don't know they're handing yeah I mean there's nothing official yet nobody knows it doesn't throwing it around it doesn't on a team that's this bad on a team that's lacking well, this much leadership, it I doesn't it matter. They I should give it, it to Cosmo. I think it, yeah, it's true. Well, I think it mattered when they gave it to Col- to Cole, and he 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 proved to be a good yeah. leader. But then they took it away, and, then, and they, they took it away. And, took and it we away know and Cole's not JDJ coming back next season. So, and, then, and you got to figure yeah. that's why he didn't get the captain's armband. So why give it to Jermaine Jones if you think he's going to be gone next season? And that's where the speculation. That's what comes I'm saying. In. I don't think it matters this season. I really, really? you know who they should be giving it to. To be honest with you. You know the the one guy I think deserves a captain arms ban arms ban right now for the rest of the season, Dave Romney. It's funny because I'll give kinda, it to Dave Romney. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I, I'm not sure him. if, uh, if I would have said Daniel Starris. I would have said Daniel Starris, but unfortunately he's out. But he's out for the rest of the season, season. right? With um, a, a fracture in his back. Yeah, we'll get back to that. But um, so Jermaine Jones, let's just say, uh, for the sake of argument, he does come back next season. The fact that they gave him the captain's armband this season. First-year player who played not even half the season because of injury and suspension is a dis- <laughs> uh, from what I understand from what I'm hearing is uh, a bad locker room guy. He's very disruptive and divisive, and yet you give him the captain's armband, which I'm sure probably didn't sit well with a lot of players. Here's a guy that you've grossly overpaid for as well, and if he's there for two seasons, you're gonna put him in regardless of what he does, regardless of the bonehead moves that Until he does. He gets injured. Right, or suspended, again, <laughs> which is inevitable. Yeah. inevitable. So, yep. Yep. you know, you had a, a guy who was not disciplined in the back, was roaming wherever he wanted, uh, made one of your other new signees look horrible until he got his footing down and, you know, and Jermaine Jones yep. was out. Um, he's not fighting for his job. As soon as he was, he was healthy oh. again, boom. <laughs> we're still talking about this. Yeah, we're still talking about this. <laughs> Oh, dude, I'm going to go down the Dude, still I am going down this list, dude. I am going down this list. I swear. I told you, you get your popcorn ready, dude. Drink, Take another uh, hit of that beer. He's not fighting for his job. Sebastian Legette, 
I could guarantee he's going to be a starter next season as long yeah. as he's healthy. Yeah. He's not well, he fighting for be. his job. He's another one of those. If well, he gets back into form, that's another marketable guy because you have a possibly a national team player on your team. He's also a very different player. He's just like Alessandrini where they put their full on heart out but on you the don't field. know what they, he's gonna we've never but you don't know what him. he's gonna do with the new crop of players that are currently not, in there. Not only that, you don't know what he's gonna be like after a almost a full year of being right. out. Right. Sure. But I mean sure. as long as he's But he'll put the effort in. I'm not saying he, I don't he's not gonna he be would. like No, 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 he's definitely that's right. what I'm saying. He's not gonna be the kind of player that goes out there and right. just no, like, no, no. not worrying about no, it. You don't I, think you don't think Giassi put effort in in the beginning of the year? I, I do. Lewis doesn't. Yes, this is accurate. Um, but I don't see him fighting for a job. I think he has a starting position as long as he's healthy and he's match fit. He's going to be in that starting 11 starting in 2018. Um, unless he, he has another setback or some freak accident <laughs> a la Robbie Rogers, he's going to be in that starting lineup. He's not fighting for his job. Emma Boateng, another one of those players that people are saying I would keep him on the bad. team. However, he's not fighting for a job, not because he's doing his job, but because he's he, not going to win that starting role. He might actually lose his job no, based he's on already for, lost for doing it. nothing. Right, exactly. He can be the best player on the field. He's still going to get subbed off. And for the same reasons that I had just mentioned the previous guys who aren't subbed off ever, Boateng has job security in that, dude, we need you to be the sub, <laughs> either to be taken out or to be put in. So he's yeah. not fighting for his job, and he's not fighting for a starting role because the four midfielders I just mentioned have that locked. Has it? And if you want to mm-hmm. drop Geo back or Zardes back at some point, that makes an even more crowded midfield. So he's not fighting for his job. Go back to the defense. We know that Cole is gone at the end of the season. We lost Van Anhol. We don't know if he's going to be back, uh, if they're going to offer him a, another Man, contract. We barely had I don't him. think so. We barely had him. We're so thin <laughs> in the back line him. that... It was like what two games? Van Anhol? He's probably like five. Yeah. No, a little bit more than that. Maybe yeah. like five or six. Ah, yeah. I don't think I'll go that. We'll far. we'll we'll, we'll yeah. look at that. Right. We'll look into that. Um, the the back line, you're so thin as to sh- you know, and and you sh- you saw it in this past game. Ariano was in. Siani yeah. was in. Uh, Steris is now done for the season, so you're probably gonna have to put at, at least well, uh another G2 player in there for the rest of the uh, of the, the season. Yeah, likely Ariano's going to stay likely, up. Yeah. So you got all these guys here. Like, they're not fighting for the job because, dude, you got nobody else. You know, they might be fighting for the job if they decide to bring in depth, finally. Maybe then. But again, we talked about it. It's going to be the Galaxy 2 players that are insignificant, the ones that probably shouldn't be fighting for the job, the ones that are probably the hungriest and probably should be on this team. And then you got the goalkeepers. They're not fighting for their jobs because, well, they've all lost it. They're, the, the front office is one of their main priorities is finding a goalkeeper. Whoever they get, whoever they sign, you can rest assured it's a starter. So mm-hmm. they're not fighting for it their jobs. They're already lost it. They've already in the process of being replaced. And all three of them have already like gone through that in this season alone. Starting next season, should the front office you know, be successful in finding uh the the goalkeeper he's a starter he, they're not looking for a backup they're not going to put their they're, they're oh, not yeah. going to put their money on Kempin he's probably going to be the backup Rose probably gone and Diop's probably gone yeah um so yeah. again where in the world do you think that anyone right. is fighting for their job on this team this galaxy team is nothing but job security 
or am I wrong in this like in this analysis slash opinion? I think I think what's gonna happen is we're gonna dump a lot of guys down to Galaxy Two, and the guys that we can move from for or trade within MLS, we're gonna do that. But it like you said, it's gonna be the insignificant guys. It's gonna be McInerney. It's gonna be McBean. It's gonna be uh, you know Rob Mendiola, Lassiter, Lassiter all those yes, guys, the ones who. Shouldn't the guys be who fighting. aren't even on the field right now, yeah. to be honest. With you. Like, mm-hmm. why haven't we seen McBean? The season is lost. We're not making the playoffs. Put McBean in. Let him get a goal. Mm-hmm. Shop him around. Right. Unless he's going to sit I on mean, Galaxy 2 for the eighth year. I mean, I remember, I mean, this is before uh, John Cesar scored his goal. Um, the, I think the game before, maybe two games before that. And, you know, obviously, you know, everyone's complaining about John Cesar. And they're like, dude, I would take... A blind monkey right now, a traffic cone <laughs> instead of Jazzy's artist. So if that's the case, God, put in McBean, put in Lasseter. What in the world do you possibly mm-hmm. have to lose? You're already not getting production from this guy. The Hawthorne, the Hawthorne crowd. Yeah, people coming from Hawthorne to see their boy. Yeah. So again, it, it's an untouchable. So I, I ask, like, there's absolutely nobody. No, you're absolutely for their job. right. I, I agree with you 100 percent on this. And, and and here's the thing, um, when we're talking about the GM. There's only one way where I can see that this may happen. And like I said, Siggy's in there pretty much chewing his guys out. Putting, you know, raising up his blood pressure and, you know, getting risk of a heart attack over here over a lost season. He's really trying to take control of this team in a way that Anolfo never did and honestly never could. So I commend him for that. The only way this happens, and if he's serious, is if he becomes a GM. And I think that's absolutely what's going to happen. So then you might have some maneuvering. But rest assured that those three DPs aren't going anywhere. And the Jermaine Jones isn't going anywhere. In fact, the front six are not going anywhere. So it leaves the back line, which again is made up of all Galaxy 2 players. So I don't see anywhere in that we're... These guys are fighting for their jobs. So, you know, that's where I kind of just find it laughable, where I'm like, are you kidding me? And if this is, like, again, if this is a motivational tactic, the Galaxy 2 players are the ones that are going to respond. Because, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, those bros, like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, you know, blow it out your ass. You're yeah. not going to sit yeah. me down. And they know it. They know it 100%. Of course. Of course they know it. You all right, Lewis? You okay? Right, you good? I need a beer, let's, man. I'm, I'm, why haven't you bearded me? Some, Let's get in. You want a beer? Yes. Some in the fridge. Thank you. God damn. You got anything I'll, more to say before I'll recap, be Dave? Because I'm upset too, and I want to. Well, get now this that out. you guys, now that you guys are in this proper mindset, I, I do want to pose this question to you, and I, I really do think that maybe this is better served for a penalty show. But I'll ask you now, and then you can decide whether or not you want to answer now, or we can do a, a separate, complete show for this later. Um, well, we're in. 48 we're in forty-eight right now, so. Uh, Minus five minutes. Gio De Santos. Boo. <laughs> oh, boo. Um, I mean, I, th- I think Lewis illustrated pretty well, and, and I know your, your thoughts on this, uh, Bobby, but are we done? Are we done with him as a Galaxy player? We're done, right? Like, we're, well, we're we done. we can't be done. He's still going to be here. Um, yeah, we have no choice but to sit through it. <laughs> let's, let's look into the future. Hold on. Let me, let me get my, uh, my, my Karnak, great Karnak uh, Oh, uh, God, Earthquake. Um, let me look into the future. Let's imagine a world where in 2018, Giovanni has 
10 goals, and let's say like 5 to 10 assists. Do we care? Yes. What? If we're what, winning, yes. yes. Does his legacy as a Galaxy player change? No. Because remember, okay, so uh, I'll, I'll say you're this. You're talking Beckham era right I'll now. say this. The first year and a half of David Beckham, what did you think about him? Exactly we all hated him. what we feel about Gio right now, right? Um, no. Okay, for different, for reasons. different reasons. Beckham did he not didn't care. care. He didn't care about the team. Sounds like and, and he was, uh, no, no, but he was focused on another team. He was focused, he was focused on, on England. England. He was things. focused on England. Right. He was trying to get to the World Cup. You can't so blame that guy. He got loaned out. No, I can't and blame him for that, but he and did. And then he got injured. Mm-hmm. So, Season ending injury. And then he said, I'm going to put my focus into the galaxy. Because the World Cup was over. over. It was gone right? at that point. We're going into a World Cup year. We're going into an off-season where the Dos Santos brothers might get shopped. We talked about this in in, in a previous show. We stole Jonathan Dos Santos. Right. We could probably turn around and sell him for, for a lot quite, of money. Right, for quite a bit of money, yes. And we'll throw it in his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a, a gift. gift. <laughs> uh, going into a World Cup year, do you think those guys are going to go out on loan in the offseason? On loan? On loan. You uh, think a, a Mexican team will take them for marketing? See, I don't, think so I don't see why not, but... Do they do they come back pre World Cup? What do you mean? Do they come back pre World? I'm oh, saying oh, if they oh, go oh, out I on see. loan, do they go out for the entire season? Are they back in July with the Galaxy after the World Cup? I I honestly don't if, think that if this hypothetical. I don't think happens, the organization allows. I would that. say yes. You don't think so? Because you don't think they I would think, rather have I think their would be star okay with player. It. You don't think they would rather have their star players, the Dos Bros, After playing the in the World Cup, starring in the World Cup for Mexico. They're going to be in that squad. They're going to be in the squad, but whether they play or not is the, is the, the difference. To steal a phrase from Bobby. That's the difference. That's the well, difference. you got a Sorio there, so he's gonna have a carousel of players for every single game. So even if, no matter how in form or out of form you are, they're gonna get some sort of playing time. And I think Jonathan gets more playing time than Gio at this point. Oh, that's definitely um, gonna happen. I, I don't know. That's actually a pretty interesting question, and I didn't really think about it. But I don't think that the Galaxy allow their two DPS to be missing March through July. The the part the portion of the the MLS season that doesn't matter, right? But I just don't see that happening because right. because they feel that this is their only way to sell tickets. I think that's wrong. By the way, I, I officially do not believe that well, that who's going to be our new striker next season, right? It's that not going to be a DP. Well, it's not going to be a DP. It could be, it could be, because mm-hmm. there's new stuff coming into the league. A lot of people are saying it's a fourth DP. Maybe Those it is. Rumors, maybe it's yes. not. That's the rumor. Regardless, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be something that's gonna allow for another big name player to come in. As always. As always. I don't know. I, I, I just again, I don't think that you would give up, you know, Jesus uh for four four months of your season. I, I even if it is an insignificant four months, um I just don't see that happening. I, I really don't. I, I could be wrong, 
but hypothetical yeah, hypothetical. Right. Right. Okay. So. I thought I'd ask. Okay. So guys, with uh, a little under 12 minutes left, I want to get to our favorite segment, MLS recap. We will recap a game in a little less than a minute, every game. It's not true. We go, oh, we go man. over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I set I new like, rules I and I'm, I'm, I'm totally wrong about it. All right. So guys, let's get started with MLS recap week 28, a fun and memorable week. Let's start with a rematch of last year's Super Bowl, Atlanta versus New England. <laughs> Holy crap, guys. Holy crap. Holy crap. This team looks good. Uh, mm-hmm. To be fair, they play New England. Atlanta. Who, who fired their, who coach, fired their today. coach today. Uh, Atlanta looking like Barcelona from like six years ago against a very hapless New England team. Who lost two players in the process? Uh, Joseph Martinez starts the night off. He receives the ball in the midfield, laying laying one off to Amidon. Continues his run, and Miggy plays a perfect ball in to find him again. He holds the ball up, takes a little step to the end line, and blasts one into the far corner. New England started the game just completely overwhelmed by this Atlanta team. I mean, they didn't. And remember this. This was the this opening the op- of the new stadium. The, uh, this as is well. the second game. So they were overwhelmed this, by oh, the, No, no, no. This is the this is the opener of the, the Mercedes-Benz. This stadium. is the opener of the Mercedes-Benz, right? Yes. Yes. Um so they were overwhelmed just in that sense as right. well. No, no, no. I'm lying. Dallas. This is the second game. No, Dallas second is the, game. The, Dallas the was the first game. This is the when first When they won 3-0. That's yes. right. You're right. Um, okay. You're right. And and like I said, once they scored that first goal, Atlanta just started toying with this team. They looked like like the 2006 Barcelona. They were just in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out. They were just crazy in, in control. And that frustrated the crap <laughs> out of New England uh, because after about 15 minutes, they lost their damn minds. 15-minute uh, <laughs> Kowasi gets varred and sees red. Uh, and then in the 29th minute, uh, Garza's uh, shot hits the arm of a New England player in the box. It's a penalty. Martinez takes it and makes it 2-0 in the 36th minute. Martinez shot hits the outstretch. Oh, sorry. That was the same one. That was the 36 minute. Uh, VAR awards a penalty and a red card. So that's where they went up 2-0. And then uh, Martinez has a first half hat trick and New England is down to nine men after that. Uh, 47th minute walks the right back, makes it 4-0. In the 70th minute, Kratz free kick. Uh... Gets uh, gets in the goal. I thought at that point Atlanta had subbed in Jovinko. That free <laughs> kick was so good. It, it was, was beautiful, it was beautiful free beautiful. kick. Uh, in the 74th minute, Assad shot. New England at that point just basically gave up, right? Like I mean, Assad, like just took like he's like, oh, let's see what happens. Oh, it's a goal. Uh, <laughs> they didn't have uh, the legs. They, they, they really the legs. didn't. They didn't uh, have the uh, the morale at that point either. Yeah, 89th minute, Vialba makes a 7-0. Got Brazilled. And uh, they could have had more, but the time ran out. So here's what I'm going to say mm-hmm. about this game. Um, uh, I know that nobody heard it because we uh, we didn't release balls and beers, but I had this as a lock. I didn't think it was going to be 7-0. Uh, I, don't I, don't I don't think anybody uh, was, had a 7-0. <laughs> but when really you're up by uh, playing in a new stadium, up by two men, 
you're going to get tore apart. And yeah. you're New England. You're not a good team. You're going to get tore apart. Here's um, – I'm not sure if you guys heard about this, but this apparently became an issue that big bad Atlanta yeah, should not have run up the score. I mean, okay. That's bullshit. So I know you guys disagree I with me on this. Should. And I know that <laughs> a while ago when I was talking about, like, the national team, about how, like, we kind of, like – you know, you start at the at the, the, the youth level and you're just kind of like, you can't be mean to these players and you got to criticize. You can't criticize them. They're just kind of soft and we treat these players like, yep, nope, they're Hindu cows. You can't touch them, right? This was like, yeah, this kind of like upset me that people got mad that Atlanta ran up the score. It just pissed me off because my philosophy is yeah, if like you're up 7-0 at halftime, that final score better fucking be 14-0 because if it wasn't, you fucking <laughs> let up. And it's not... Yeah. It's not anything about running up the score. Your job, if you don't want to get scored on, fucking stop me. That is your job to stop me. If you can't, who the hell's fault is that? Run up the goddamn score, dude. The only way that I can say, you know what, don't run up, and it's not even because you're trying to not run up the score, is other game, like other sports where substitutes are unlimited, like in football. If you're up like by 40 points at halftime and you want to put like second and third stringers in there, Okay, I'm cool with that. Because if you all of a sudden start getting into trouble, shit, put your first stringers back in there. That doesn't work in soccer. Your subs are very, like, you need them. They have, you know, you have to be very resourceful with your three subs. It's not a lot. Three subs in 90 minutes when you're constantly running, that's not a lot. So, dude, run up the score. It is your job to stop them. If you don't want to do that again, dude, there it is. There's your motivation. Well, go back and work on it. Well, then there this shouldn't go. be a thing. There this should go. not be a thing. There you go, then, Lewis. Atlanta was up, what, 3-0 at halftime? I forgot. It was 3 or 4-0. It was 3-0 at halftime. They ended 7-0. There you go. Atlanta, so there you go. Atlanta, Atlanta did, did what they were supposed to be doing. <laughs> Next up, Vancouver versus Minnesota. Uh, fifth minute, long ball to Jordi Reyna. He brings it down perfectly and pokes it past the goalie. It's 1-0 Vancouver. 30th minute, Breck Shea to Jordi Reyna. He brings it. And uh, sorry, I don't know why I wrote that twice. It was Breck Shea to Jordi Reyna for the first it goal. It was so nice. It was so nice. Uh, 30th minute, uh, the Vancouver ran, Vancouver ran a counter. Reyna will become provider this time. He spots Breck Shea. Uh, he starts the run from his own 18, slashing down the middle of the field. It goes out to the left, and then he feeds Hurtado to make it 2-0 to the Whitecaps. 45th minute, Boxel sees yellow for a high forearm to Jordi Reyna's face. Surprising since Kaká's jovial face grab was uh, straight red. <laughs> in, uh, in the 88th minute, Breck Shea finishes off the uh, a Montero cross to make it 3-0. And the Whitecaps are now in first place in the West. Now, I had mentioned this before that they had quite like two or three games in hand above Portland, uh, Kansas City, and Seattle, and that they have a very, very favorable uh, next four games at home against some bottom feeders uh, of the league. Um, and they have taken their place uh, in first place in the Western Conference, and they have two games on hand uh, over second place uh, Portland. Uh, and they still play some very weak competition the next three games. So Vancouver pretty much in charge of their own destiny at this point. Yep. Uh, next up is Atlanta versus Orlando, the rivalry in the South. Uh, Lewis pointed out last week in Balls and Beers, unfortunately nobody heard it, I did, uh, that Atlanta-Orlando 
their two previous games were tied. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't listen to you, Lewis, because we did not bet that way with the teams. I don't think you did either. Nope. I had Atlanta winning this uh, game. You had Atlanta winning this game. So in front of oh, a yeah. record-breaking 70,425 people, man, oh, man, were they in for a treat. Orlando coming off of the 7-0 drubbing of New England face an Orlando team that has only won two games since April, and they're both against D.C. United. One, what well, three games? One, one uh, against RSL. As well. Three games since April. Two against DC. One against RL, RSL before they got their printer fixed. Uh, Guzma Guzan must have looked at that stat because he took the night off right? for Atlanta. <laughs> uh, Tenth minute yep. long cross from uh, Toya to Dom Dwyer. His header uh, uh, gets past uh, or leaves Guzan's feet stuck in cement. And it's 1-0 to Atlanta in the 29th minute, guys. A. T. L. 70,000 people. I was wondering if you were going to go through the whole thing. I thought about it. Then I was like, oh, this doesn't sound good. (laughs) I'm glad you did it. Uh, 70,425 people. All clapping and shouting ATL in unison. It was, it it brought a tear to my eye. I'll be honest with you guys. It it, it was was beautiful. It it definitely brought jealousy to me. Um, But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it was uh, what I always dreamed of uh, before the league came into existence was that's what I wanted in my country. That one day it'll happen. Um, In the South. And it's in the South. In the South, yeah. major red state South, that this has happened. Good for you, Atlanta. That's that is phenomenal. They love their sports. That's phenomenal, and, and and I'm glad it's happened in that way because, um, as I mentioned it uh, in you know the the first uh, the first week of the season when we were previewing the season, I said Atlanta is going to be to me what Bobby what Orlando was to Bobby two years ago, and um, mm-hmm. it's been. So much fun to watch this team play. Um, and oh, and this is probably, I, I mean, obviously this is the one that's most recently in my head, but this has got to be one of the best MLS games of the season. Uh, the, what we had just witnessed. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. It was just a sight to see. In front of a national audience, mm-hmm. in front of 70,000 people, one of the mm-hmm. best games I've ever seen this season. Yeah, um, by, by, by far. I, I think uh, it, what's funny about it is that, as you mentioned, uh, Nobody had this as a tie. We all had Atlanta winning. And no. um, <laughs> and uh, when I'm watching this game, I'm like so entertained. I'm so like, wow. I'm like getting my mind blown how good this game is. And then I realized, oh, fuck, I'm losing. I just lost this game. Why am I all happy about this crap? Fuck you, Atlanta. What the hell? And so that that's kind of like, I was like, oh, man, I can't even be mad. I was like, just, I enjoy this game so much. But getting back to track, Atlanta who probably should have won this game, and had they won this game, would have vaulted into fourth place in the Eastern Conference with two games on hand of NYCFC and would have been, oh, I'm sorry, uh, of Chicago and would have been back a mere three points. And their next two games, I believe, or three games are at home and one of them is against the LA Galaxy. Right. So at the end, I think of this, uh, the, the upcoming week, 
they could vault into third place of the Eastern Conference. Maybe. Um, uh, guys, I, I can keep going with the description of this game, but I mean, I think Lewis says it best. This is one of the best games of the year. Uh, go watch the highlights because this game is it's it's a treat and watch yes. the extended one. I mean, watch the watch the condensed watch the co- game. Watch the condensed yeah. game. Watch the full yeah. game if you can. Yeah, watch the full game. I might yeah, go back yeah, and watch can, the full sure. game. Yeah. You know, during the off season, just because of how bonkers this thing was. Yeah, it was beautiful. Although I will say, Brad Gazan, looking like Chivas USA era Brad Gazan in this game, <laughs> really bad. Yeah. Um, speaking of the LA Galaxy, and uh, they have them up next. Um, Atlanta breaks the previous attendance record set on the very first game in LA Galaxy. I mean, everything just history. being taken away from us. Exactly, everything's been taken away from this us this year. <laughs> this is like the Empire Strikes Back edition of MLS for us. We were always the Empire, though, right? Well, so maybe we're the first order now. I don't know. Um, I think we're the second Death Star, dude. <laughs> You're probably right. Many Bothans died <laughs> to bring you this LA Galaxy team. Uh, the year, the, I think this is the year that the LA Galaxy has finally crumbled. Well, you know, Rome wasn't built in yeah, a day, well, we but it on. was it crumbled in 2017. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, next up is Vancouver versus Columbus. 15th minute, Freddie Montero gets played through, and he bags his, his 12th goal of the year to put the caps up 1-0. 19th minute, Ola Kamara beats his defender and ties it up. Uh, in the 25th minute, a defensive miscue. Vancouver almost pays as Sanchez try to catch Vancouver uh, keeper sleeping, but Osted is there to make sure that he gets the save. Uh, 46 minute Jordi Reyna losing his defender by spinning. That's a good trick. In the box, his shot is off the post. <laughs> In the 64th minute, Kakuta Mane loads up the missile and does not miss his target. What a screamer of a goal. I broke Lewis. 2-1 to one in Columbus. 82nd minute, Reyna off the post again. And in the 92nd minute, Tony Chane, right place, right time. The former players trade goals. This one ends 2-2. So I'm really glad that this ended in 2-2 because I think we all had this as a draw. Yep. Um, but um, I think this is uh, a game that Vancouver probably should have won. Um, Columbus doesn't really travel that well. I'm um, not travel. Uh, play on the road too well. And Vancouver, um, pretty, pretty decent uh, home team, um, could have stretched their lead out in the uh, Western Conference. Um, but... Um, I'm not complaining. I got my draw on that. And so, uh, but uh, no, as I said, Vancouver is in, uh, they're in the driver's seat right now. So, um, and I think they're, I think that their final game is against Portland. So decision day might actually be the one and two seeding. So yeah. Uh, Next up, Montreal versus Minnesota. Uh, Ninth minute, Desmali and Piatti try combining with a giving goal, but Desmali's shot is well wide. But it falls to Bernier, and he bangs it home for Montreal. Uh, 13th minute, VAR awards a penalty. Piatti's shot will be blocked by Bobby Shuttleworth. Uh, in 20th minute, Minnesota will get the penalty, and Molina will convert it. 37th minute, Minnesota free kick chip by Molino. Birch heads it, and Shuttleworth comes up big for the save. 55th minute, Desmali with the scissors finish. To put Montreal up two to one, and in the 60th minute, Superman, Christian Ramirez, remember him? He sniffs out a goal to tie it up 
And in the 89th minute, Dunlady with a golazo to win the game for Minnesota. Montreal went from being on a hot streak, winning four in a row, to now losing four in a row. And three of those were at home. So uh, I think uh, their playoff uh, hopes are now in the dump, especially in the Eastern Conference. And Minnesota um, getting their second row victory of the entire season. Um, good for them. Yep. Sort of. Uh, oh, and by the way, with that Minnesota victory, they do vault the LA Galaxy by one point. Yep. So you got that going for us too. All right, next up, FC Dallas versus Seattle, 0-0. Ramon Torres. Ramon? Roman Way. Roman Ramon, Roman, whatever the hell his name is, confused-looking pineapple, uh, is back for Seattle after his red card from the previous game was rescinded thanks to the disciplinary committee. Don't worry, Ozzy Alonzo was not suspended for the elbow to the face of Emma Boateng. Uh, he clears a ball off the line. Or sorry, uh, Matt Hedges clears the ball off the line by uh, Roldan. Dempsey hits one high and wide. But really, there's nothing to talk about. This game ended 0-0. Roman. Kind of a a half-predictable scoreline. I think... um, I don't know why I didn't have this as a tie. But I thought Seattle was going to win this game. Dallas has been really... um, Yeah, you did. Um, Dallas has been... Well, we've been talking about Dallas, you know, uh, and their woes. Um, Seattle, though, I don't think anyone noticed that they haven't lost since May 31st. Really? Is that real? Is that true? This is true. Jesus. They 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 lost an open cup game. Uh oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I missed one right here. Uh June 17th, which is only 2 weeks after right, what I just better. said. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> June 17th. Uh the only other loss um was the US Open Cup against San Jose. Uh their last MLS regular season loss was on June 17th against NYCFC. So Seattle doing what they do best as they showed last year, turning it on when it counts the most. They're on a on an unbeaten streak mm-hmm. for about three months now. So Crazy. yeah, good on them. Where Dallas is just going the opposite direction, um, and Dallas guys, they are in eighth place yeah, out, of the, out of the playoff spot, and RSL it has moved into sixth. <laughs> Jesus. Because uh, MLS guys. Well, you know Dallas was the last undefeated team of the league, uh-huh. and uh, and that was unfortunately the re- that was all they had. Uh, all right. So speaking of surging teams or resurging teams, Chicago versus DC. Fifteenth minute, David Akam up the left side <laughs> to Nikolic, and Bill Hamid comes up with a big, big save to start things off in this game. Hamid will come up again on Nikolic a minute later. But for all the work Hummy did, an own goal by Ian Harks will give Chicago the lead in the 23rd minute. 62nd minute, DC defense gets sucked in and doesn't track Brandon Vincent coming in late. He scores a diving header to put the fire up 2-0. 90th minute, Solignac take is gets taken down. It's a penalty. Nikolic steps up to convert. For his 18th goal of the season. Lewis mentioned it last week. Nemanja Niklik returns to the scoring sheet. I remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, af- Isn't it Nikolic? Nikolic. 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 I don't know. Whatever. Um, so after losing uh, four games in a row, the Chicago Fire have now gone on a little modest three-game unbeaten streak. 
Um, so they currently sit in third place in the Eastern Conference, but can be leapfrogged by uh, a surging Atlanta team this week. Uh, so they got to be wary of that. Um, and they have uh, two road games coming up. So um, uh, Chicago has to be, you know, they, they got to be looking in the rearview mirror. They don't want to drop any lower than uh, than third place. No, here. no. Uh, all right, next up is Seattle versus, I mean, sorry, Sporting Kansas City versus New England. New England coming off of their disembowelment versus Atlanta. Uh, gets off to a good start. Uh, Bunbury shot gets deflected into Team Milia's net in the fourth minute. Uh, in the ninth minute, former Sporting Kansas City forward Christian Nemeth throws an elbow at Graham Zussi and sees red after VAR review. Lost his goddamn mind. <laughs> uh, 16 minute, Zussi to Gerso to bring the score level at 1-1. 45th minute, Zussi again putting in the work, darting up the middle and then goes out wide to Gerso. And uh, Rubio is there at the far post to finish to make it 2-1. And in the 52nd minute, Sorry, 57th minute. Uh, Sporting Kansas City piling the pressure on. Phil Haber sends a shot that Knighton can't handle, spills it in front of net, and Rubio is there at the back post to put things away and finishes off the game. Um, Sporting Kansas City uh, currently sitting in third place in the Western Conference. Um, has the same amount of points as Portland, 44. Only one point behind uh, Vancouver, who has 45. Sporting Kansas City has two games on Portland, though, and they're sitting uh, um, both on 44. Uh, Bo- uh, has played 28 games, the same amount as Vancouver. I'm not sure if those teams... Uh, I got to look at the schedule. I'm not sure if those teams play each other uh, in the, rema- um, the remainder of the season. Let me go ahead and check that. They do, actually, on the 30th of uh, September. Uh, there you go. So um, a lot of playoff positioning happening in the final... Uh, uh, Final six few weeks, weeks or so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. Next up, New, uh, Colorado versus NYCFC. I know this is the one that really broke everyone's hearts. And when I say everyone, I mean the three of us. Uh, <laughs> New York City decides to rest a bunch of guys and uh, for the trip to Colorado. And uh, but that didn't stop Co- Tommy McNamara from scoring a screamer for New York City in the 19th minute. Nothing Howard can do about that one. Pirlo rocks a free kick off the post in the 24th. And in the 53rd, Ben Sweat gets played in on goal. Howard makes the initial save, but the ball falls back to Sweat. Howard's still able to get something on it and save the ball from going in the net. Uh, pretty incredible from Tim Howard there. 88th minute, though, Dominic Baji puts one past Sean Johnson to the far post. 1-1, the final score. Yeah, heartbreaking for uh, NYCFC. Um, heartbreaking for us. More for you, David. You locked this game. Yeah, I know I locked this game. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bobby had it as a two, so was it, it wasn't too costly. Yeah, but you still I had a good week, week, Dave. Um, so we'll get to that. Listen to balls and beers, guys. Um, NYCFC, I-, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Toronto FC is going to win the Supporter Shield. Yeah. So NYC um, is probably just playing for second place, but only three up on Chicago. Um, so... If you want to look at it that way, they kind of like lost two points there and kind yeah, of gave There's still uh, a few games they can make up there. Yeah. Uh, next up, RSL versus Portland. 14th minute, Portland defense gives away, uh, gives one away, and Rusnak lets one loose. Antonilla gets a piece of it, but it's too hot to handle, and it's 1-0 RSL. 47th minute, Diego Valeri heads home across a score in his eighth straight game. That's a new MLS record. 
Uh, 61st minute, Saverino from the right side of the 18 sends a heat-seeking missile to the far post to make it 2-1. to one. And uh, between this one and McNamara's goal, I'm not sure which one is more of a golazo. I'll just want to call them both golazos. But I'm still going to give it to uh, to the one earlier uh, from uh, Dunlady. McNamara. I mean Dunlady, yeah. They can both be golazos. They can it, all be golazos. It's cool. It, not everything is golazo, but maybe everything this week was <laughs> a golazo. Uh, San Jose versus Houston. 34th minute. Danny Houston. Uh, controls a cross in the box by Sarkoti. He calmly turns and puts one into the back of the net. Vaco nearly makes it 2-0 in the 48th, but Tyler Derrick saves it. Um, so Houston at one point was, what, first and second place in the West. They have also dropped out of the uh, uh, below the red line. They are currently in seventh place right now. They have not won a game since August 12th, so they've gone uh, on a four-game winless streak. Um and they have NYCFC next, so I'm not sure how uh, you guys are betting there. Um, luckily, they have three road games after that. I mean, I'm sorry, three home games after that, including the Galaxy and Minnesota. <laughs> so um, hopefully they can uh, make up a little time, because I don't know what what's happening to, uh, to Houston right now. Just- They've kind of taken a dive um, as well. Uh, as I said, RSL did move into that currently in that uh, sixth seed. And Houston, uh, currently looking uh, out of um, trying. I'm sorry, out of the box trying to look in, but they sit with the same amount of points as RSO at 38. But Houston has two games on hand. Mm. Uh, last but not least, New York Red Bulls versus the Philadelphia Union. Guys, Andre Blake made like 300 saves in this game. No, dude, that's <laughs> exaggerating. It's like 298. Or <laughs> like 298. Okay, okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, it stood on his head, this guy, to keep the Red Bulls, I mean, to keep Philadelphia in this game, the Red Bulls unable to get past one of the Jamaican, keep, past the Jamaican keeper. Uh, this one ends 0-0 to finish off the weekend, and that's it for MLS Recap, guys. Woohoo! All right, guys, well, make sure you check out our balls and beers this week. We'll be talking about our old predictions and our future predictions. If our audience and could. What happened, Lewis? Nothing. Nothing. Lewis is being a dick. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. This is LA is our house, episode 87. I'm here with David and Lewis. Good night. Thanks for listening, guys. And this is Bobby. Bye. Or, or good afternoon. Good morning. Bye. Thank you for listening to LA is our house. Follow us on our website, laisourhouse.com, and sign up for our monthly newsletter for upcoming articles and special content. Follow us on our Twitter for all of the up-to-date news in our soccer world. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you in the next episode.